third Sunday of Advent, we celebrate Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete is the Latin word for rejoice. And this name of this Sunday comes from the entrance antiphon, which we all say together, Rejoice in the Lord always. And we wear rose-colored vestments. Except in the United States, it's Pepto-Bismol pink. <laughs> Technically, the rose color is the color, it's supposed to be the color that's in this uh, border here. That's the color. It's a dark, it's the color of a rose. Uh, it is impossible to find the proper color vestment, but that's a different story altogether. <laughs> because today we are rejoicing. Today we rejoice, and our uh, St. Paul tells the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Scripture has no filler. So the fact that, that St. Paul explains it again, restates it again, recognizes the fact that people might not have believed him. People might not have understood what he was saying, but he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Not sometimes, not only when you feel like it, but we are to rejoice in the Lord always. That is how we will be identified as a follower of Jesus Christ, by our rejoicing. Because contrary to popular opinion, rejoicing has nothing to do with external reality. What's outside of myself has nothing to do with my ability to rejoice, or it shouldn't have anything to do with my ability to rejoice. I rejoice in the Lord always because I recognize the Lord is always with me. That through baptism, and for many of us, strengthened in confirmation, the Lord God, the living God of the universe, dwells deep within my very being. He resides in my soul. And there is nothing that can take that away from me, except myself. Only I can throw the living presence of God out of myself. And so therefore, we rejoice, because I don't know, I cannot comprehend anyone in their right mind who would want to throw God out of their life, to throw God out of their very existence, their very being, especially those of us gathered here. So my question to you is, why aren't you rejoicing? Why don't you rejoice in the Lord always, like you're supposed to? Like we're supposed to be living witnesses of what the Lord is calling us to, that we have our hope and our foundation in the Lord. You can go out there and you can see miserable people out there, and we're just blending in with them. You know, it's like that, that character in Saturday Night Live a couple of years ago, many years ago, Debbie Downer. Do you remember Debbie Downer? She was this character that people would be saying all these good things. The, the famous one of the famous scene is they're at Disney. They're in Disney World, which is always happy, happy, and they're talking about things, and she's always saying, What's wrong? What's, uh, everything that's wrong, and bringing the whole group down. <laughs> Many of us as Christians, my brothers and sisters, sadly, are Debbie Downers, which we should not be. We should be rejoicing in the Lord always. Because the Lord is near. He is near to coming to us. Yes, as we recall in history on 
Christmas Day, but he is also near in coming to us in glory, returning to us, in which we should have that hope-filled expectation and prayerful desire that he comes to us today. Our prayer every morning when we wake up should be, Come, Lord Jesus. Come into the, come, return to us and restore and establish what you had intended from the very beginning for humanity. But we allow our minds to be filled up with Hollywood doom and gloom and think the end of the world is going to be a tremendous tragedy. It's going to be awful and terrible. Scripture doesn't say that. It says nowhere when Jesus comes in glory that it's going to be a miserable event. In fact, when Jesus comes in glory, it's going to be a joy-filled event. Because what does the Word of God tell us? The trumpets will sound. Yeah. Trumpets sound to, to prove more joy that the King is coming. And so it should give us hope-filled expectation. But then St. Paul reminds us in this uh, reading this morning, have no anxiety at all. You know another word for anxiety? Worry. Worry. Have no worry at all. As a Christian, we should not worry because God is with us. And what is there to worry about? For the past seven years as pastor, I have been badgering you with the fact that the worst thing that the world has to throw at us is death. And for us, it's whoop-de-doo. Big deal. We change the way we continue to live. Death is not the end. It is a new way of living and a beginning. So what is it that we have to, what is it to worry about? But yet we're constantly worrying. We're worrying about our health. We're worrying about finances. We're worry, worry, worry. And worry, worry, worry causes us to distract ourselves from the recognizing that God is with me. That God is present to me. Because it makes me focus on what? That which is outside myself. In which we could have, you know, the tragedy of that tornado that took place in Kentucky and many other states, in which many tragically lost their life. But you know, a tornado, even a tornado, cannot take our, the presence of God outside of us. Yeah. The, I mean, we can get blown, we ourselves can get blown away like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, but we ourselves cannot, God, that will not wipe God out of us. Unless we allow ourselves to throw Him out. That's the key that we have to remember. We could be in the Third World War right now in our midst. And we could be rejoicing because we know that God is with us no matter what is happening out there in the world outside of ourselves. And because of that, I rejoice. But then he continues to say, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, prayer. My brothers and sisters, if you're just saying a morning prayer, prayers before meals, evening prayer, and coming to church once a week, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it in the Christian perfection. Because the world in which we live in is totally against us. We need to be enveloped in prayer. We need to have God in the forefront of our mind throughout the whole entire day. Not just throwing him, here, throwing him in here and there. 
He should, we should constantly be thinking about God and what He has done for us and why we have reasons to rejoice so that we do not give in to the temptations of the world that give us all of these reasons why we shouldn't be rejoicing. With thanksgiving. Well, we're, we're good to ask the Lord for stuff. We're good to ask and intercede. Intercessory prayer is a good, good thing. But very often, we don't give thanks for what we already have. We don't give thanks for what the Lord has already bestowed upon us. The very fact that I wake up in the morning with all of my aches and pains, I still wake up and have another day to serve the Lord. And so that should cause me to be thankful. To be thankful so that I can dedicate my whole entire day to the Lord. So that I offer a morning offering when I get out of bed. So that everything that I do, that I say, every way, every, my whole existence is offered to the praise and the glory of Almighty God. That, my brothers and sisters, is what a true disciple of the Lord Jesus is. And that is not for the select few, and that is also not impossible for us to acquire ourselves if we cooperate with God's grace. We just celebrated the Immaculate Conception, in which we heard the, the readings at the Immaculate Conception, even though it is the the conception of our Blessed Mother in the womb of St. Anne, the readings of the Immaculate Conception, the Gospel, is the Annunciation, in which the angel comes and when he gives his greeting to our, to our Lady, what does he say at the very end? For nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. The only one who says it's impossible is the devil. Because he does not want us to recognize the possibilities which lie in God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is not just tranquility. It's not just everyone in the world getting along with each other. The peace of God is beyond our understanding. It is beyond our understanding because it is a person. Jesus Christ is the King of the Prince of Peace. It is beyond, and this is one of the sad tragedies that occurred in the revision of the liturgy by including that sign of peace in the liturgy, which is still suspended because of protocols of COVID. However, you know, the sign of peace has just become this little greeting. Peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. It's, it, it, that is not what the purpose of the sign of peace is supposed to be. Hi, how are you? Peace be with you. It's, we've made it into a greeting. That is not what it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be a symbol, a sign, that I am right with God and right with the world around me. And so I make a sign of peace to my left and to my right, period. Not the whole church, not every pew. It's just a symbolic action of what's taking place. It is not a greeting to people. It's not to welcome them to say, hey, how are you? So maybe this is why the church has, this is why the Lord has allowed the sign of peace to be suspended, even though I'm well aware you all still do it. Even though it's suspended, so we can maybe, when we reintroduce it officially, we can re-motivate ourselves of what it's all about. Because the peace of God is a peace which is not a peace that the world can bring to us. 
It has nothing to do with the worldly reality, but everything with the fact that God has entered into our history, into our time, and that He is with us. And because He is with us, I am at peace with myself and with those around me. And that, my brothers and sisters, is part of the challenge. Because I must first and foremost be at peace with myself. I must first and foremost be doing the very best that I'm capable of doing to follow the will of God in my life and to be faithful to what he calls me to. And then that enables me to live in the way the Lord desires me to live and so I can rejoice. I can rejoice in the Lord always. So on this third Sunday of Advent, my brothers and sisters, we are presented with a great challenge for ourselves as disciples of the Lord Jesus. Are we going to give in to the wiles of the world, which tell us to be anxious, to tell us to not know what's coming, to tell us to worry, 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 worry? Or are we going to give in to the Word of God, which sustains us and which should nourish us, which tells us to rejoice, to not be anxious, to be thankful, and to experience the peace which only God can give. In our freedom, my brothers and sisters, we have a choice. In our freedom, in God's plan, He has given us a choice. He has shown us the way to which is going to give us true peace, less anxiousness, and that ability to rejoice always. It is my prayer for each of you this morning, and all those who profess faith in Christ Jesus, that we take God up on his offer, and that we will be instruments to this world of doom and gloom and misery, of the rejoicing which comes in, the Lord, in Christ Jesus. And so, as St. Paul beckons us this morning, rejoice in the Lord always, I shall say it again, rejoice. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.